Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. I know why you're happy. Uh, Trump's vacation? Not going well. <laughs> he is about as popular right now as a neurovirus on a cruise ship. <laughs> wow. He's, you, Trump supporters? <laughs> well, if there are any here, they're welcome. Uh, you're I, tired of winning? I'm asking. Because uh, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the question of the week is, how can we get tired of winning if the South won't shut up about losing? <laughs> and I, I'm not so... All right, look. I travel in the South. There are a lot of gigs down there. That's not the whole South. There are many fine people <laughs> in the South, but not the ones who go to Klan marches. <laughs> Here's it. <a, laughs> Here's a, here's a hint. You're not a fine person. If the guy next to you has a swastika flag. That's a hint. If the party you want to go to looks like Comic-Con for sociopaths, you are not a fine person. But, look, I would never say that Donald Trump could not go lower, because he's the king of low. <laughs> but to watch what went on this week in Charlottesville, and then to come out with... Nazis, they're just like us. <laughs> he, kept, <laughs> he kept saying this, violence on both sides. Okay, first of all, there wasn't. Uh, sorry, but liberals don't form militias, they form drum circles. <laughs> and... <laughs> and even if there was, which there wasn't, you know what? There was violence on both sides in World War II. We were still the good guys. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I didn't agree with everything George Bush did after 9-11, but he didn't side with Al-Qaeda. <laughs> he didn't say, some of the hijackers were fine people. I, <laughs> I thought it was so fitting that the lowest point in this lowly administration was Tuesday. The one day he was back at Trump Tower where the horror all began, where he was fuming that the day before he had to denounce racists. And, you know, as he launched into his defense of neo-Nazis, who were chanting, Jews will not replace us, standing beside him was his Jewish <laughs> Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, and his Jewish Economic Council head, uh, Gary Cohen. Now, neither one of them has plans to quit, but if they do, Jews will replace them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 
So right now, you know, the, the right wing is all pretending that this is about, this is just about Civil War monuments. You know, that's what the big thing, they weren't racist. They were just not wanting these monuments to come down of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson. Trump said this week, who's next? Washington? Jefferson? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we put up statues of Washington and Jefferson despite the fact that they owned slaves. For them, slavery was a bug. For Robert E. Lee, it was a feature. <laughs> and, and speaking of... <laughs> speaking of getting rid of racist eyesores, Steve Bannon is out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the big news today. Trump told him, this bunker is not big enough for the both of us. <laughs> no, because Bannon... Come on, never got along with Jared Kushner, who will probably take over some of his duties. Uh, so again, to, to the people chanting, Jews will not replace us, yeah, they kind of did it again. <laughs> uh, but boy, the, <laughs> I tell you, the, the bodies are piling up outside the White House. I mean, the number of people who've been... Uh, General Flynn, uh, Reince Priebus, uh, Sean Spicer, the Mooch. <laughs> Steve Bannon. I mean, this is going to sound a little racist, but why can't lazy white people keep a job? <laughs> so, <laughs> so the question now is, who is still with Trump? Because even his buddies on the right are all... The Manufacturing Council has resigned. The Strategic Policy Forum has resigned. The Advisory Council on Infrastructure won't take his calls anymore. <laughs> Mitt Romney, both Bushes denounced him. Conservative senators like Bob Corker denounced him. And perhaps the harshest blow of all, uh, last night Ivanka made him sleep on the couch. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, I know, but, you know... So he's a little blue, so, of course, what do they do with the president's down? They have a big rally plan. They're going to go to Phoenix, big rally in Phoenix, and his handlers want to cheer him up, and they're going to wait uh, till the, you know, the eclipse is coming. Uh, they're going to wait till the eclipse happens and then tell him there were three million people there. Uh, and this is amazing. By sheer coincidence, 92% of the eclipse is going to be going over what they call the path of totality, where the sun will be completely obscured, and it falls over, 92% of it, over counties that voted for Trump. <laughs> Just what we need, these people even more in the dark. <laughs> All right, we got a great show. Gavin Newsom is here, our lieutenant governor. Amy Holmes, and a little later, we'll be speaking with Penn Jillette. Wow. But first up, he is the best-selling author of Giant of the Senate and the junior senator from Minnesota, a great American, Al Franken. <laughs> Al Franken, you are a great American. Thank you. Al Franken, 
great American giant of the Senate. It's so great to be able to see you put out a book like that where you're where there's irony right on the cover. Yes. You're allowed well, thanks to Thanks for realizing that. <laughs> <laughs> Many don't. No, there are some, uh, some oh, people uh, don't right, get but, irony. Yeah, I know. But uh, <laughs> but I, I want to ask you because you are a senator and this week yeah. uh, Bob Corker, among others, have, have made statements that we were waiting for them to make for a long time. What took people like Bob Corker and other Republicans so long? Exactly. I mean, uh, what took them so long? I've known uh, for weeks that Trump is a terrible president. <laughs> <laughs> Always out ahead, Al. I'm not... All right, so uh, is this a turning point, do you think? Uh, I mean, we've said this before. <laughs> this... You're li you're... No, I asked the question. <laughs> I, I mean it. Is this a turning point uh, with how people view and treat Trump, even on the right, or will this be just sewn into his horror quilt? <laughs> and in a month, we have forgotten it, and we've moved past it like we moved past pussy-grabbing and everything else. Uh, I just, you know, a lot of people say, now Bannon's going, because that gonna make a difference. The... the, the, the the problem with this administration is Trump. And it's going to continue. Um, so, and we've heard this, we've heard this, you know, when Kelly comes in, there'll be, it'll, that'll, everything will be fine, and then, boom, he threatens nuclear war. Right. You know, uh, so, and, uh, you know. This, that was last week, Al. That was, I know, he, that he was up, last man. week. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm talking about Kelly's but I'm tenure asking here. About but this, he, this week was uh, unbelievably horrible. Uh, this was tr a tragic week. And, um, you know, and Bannon on his way out uh, was saying, like, well, you know, Democrats can talk about blocks all they want. I mean, just sickening. It was just a sickening week. We, uh, three people lost their lives. Uh, this is, um, but I don't, I don't think he changes. This was Trump in all I'm his... I'm not asking about him. We know he won't change. You're a senator. You know these senators. You've made friends oh, with these senators. Oh, will it make a difference in the Senate? Yes. I will see. the people who enable him? That, I mean, he's nothing without his enablers. Well, here's my... There are a number of Republican senators who have been saying from the beginning that uh, they have a lot of doubts about him, uh, but who won't uh, go public with that because he still has 80-some percent of his base behind him, and that's their base. So politically, they're unwilling to go public, and there are some people that said, you know, neo-Nazis, there's nothing good about neo-Nazis, etc., but wouldn't blame Trump. So, no, I don't... We are going to work in bipartisan ways. We're going to do it, thank God, uh, the, their health care uh, repeal and replace or whatever that skinny thing was all went down. <laughs> and we're going to work in a bipartisan way. Lamar Alexander, uh, chairman of the Health Committee, Health Education, Labor and Pension Committee. I'm on that committee. Patty Murray, the ranking member from Washington. We're going to work together to shore up the exchanges so that we can make premiums, bring down premiums and uh, bring down co-pays and cover people like they should be covered. And that's what we're going that's to do. That's really going to have a bipartisan. <laughs> and, and we're going to... And after... 
And after that, we should be addressing pharmaceutical prices. Everybody here, everybody on, in the country knows. Uh, I have a... I use only street drugs, though. I, I never go near pharmaceuticals. I know, you're very healthy <laughs> and just, uh, but, yeah, uh, and, and, and don't need the pharmaceuticals, but I see people here who do. And, um, but, but uh, we pay more than any other country pays. Right. I have a comprehensive bill to bring down the cost of pharmaceuticals as the ideas of a lot of senators, and we will work together in the help committee it's, to, to uh, address that. And it's so interesting, reading your book, I mean, you are friendly with a lot of these people who are, you know, obviously politically uh, on another planet from you. Well, they're just different. Uh, than me. I mean, I no, mean, no. that's we're uh, represent different parts of look, the country. They're, they they tend to be what we're from. The, we're cut from the same stripe. I, you know, it's funny. You said something about you used the word a pill. If you're a pill, people are not going to work with you. I was like, did I use that word? Absolutely. Oh, my mom used to do that. My mom used to say that. <laughs> that's why I was like, I've never heard that word except in your book and from my mother. That's yeah, only and argue. my mom. Yeah. Well, and look. you and you see, this is you're like the anti-Trump. He even the people who agree with him politically now they hate him because he's such a hateful person. <laughs> yes. Whereas he's they a don't agree. Person. You say Mitch McConnell, Jeff Sessions. You the, you like these people like, when you're uh, you say uh, when uh, you're. Uh, 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 you, I, you say I've when been you're friendly off, with them. Friendly? Well, that's what. How is that different than you like them? When you're off the clock. Now, I agree with you. Politics, I've always said, is an extension of morality. That's why I can't right. really quite understand the Republican mindset. But you have to work together. You, you of course you do. And there are Republicans that are very good to work with, and I've done. Uh, and you look, you're a small town. You're 100 people, 100 senators. Right. You've got to get along with everybody in a small town. And so if I want to get legislation on, on, on railroad uh, regulation with David Vitter, I did a bill with, you know, and, uh, but you make friends, huh? The diaper guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that didn't figure into this legislation at all. Um, when I first got there, I did a a bill, uh, to get, uh, service dogs to veterans with invisible wounds. And I did that with, um, uh, Johnny Isaacson of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was my first co-sponsor. The bill got done. We got, uh, dogs to the veterans. Uh, about a month later, we were at Teddy Kennedy's funeral. He, we were during this August recess. He, he said to me, I've been getting great feedback on this dog bill. Al, if you want me to co-sponsor anything, just let me know. And I said, well, I got a bill. It's a marriage equality uh, <laughs> abortion on demand bill. And he said, I'll get back to you. <laughs> But you have to be able to... Yes, as they always have. Talk to the other side, even when you don't like their politics. Of course. And if they you like... Add, you say my that point is, like, when they like you, when you have those dinners, where you, you said you can make milk... That was a joke. I, I, <laughs> I say in the book that, you know, when we're... I'm not going to write things like when I'm, uh, you know, after... Have, you know, squabbling on the floor, Mitch and I will go out to dinner and he'll laugh so hard that milk shoots out his nose. I didn't that think... That was a joke. Yes, I didn't think it really shot out his and nose. Uh, oh. <laughs> I've never uh, gone out to dinner with Mitch. Okay. 
Are you happy? Uh, <laughs> I, I, why, why are you so sensitive about this? I'm, well, I'm trying to give you a compliment and plug your book, and you're like, oh, okay. No, I never did those things. Okay. Well, do it directly. Okay. Did you like the book? Uh, <laughs> I really did. It's so great to see you funny again. It's so great to see you being able to be funny again, because... Yes. Well, there was a period. There was a period, but, you know, when you, when you see... And, and, of course, the reason why you couldn't is because you had worried that, oh, something in the past I said was politically incorrect. Now that Trump has broken all those barriers, <laughs> it must look like, why? What was I worried about? Obviously, you can do what well, anything. Well, it was a different time. And um, <laughs> right. when, when I ran in 2008, the Republicans built this $15 million machine called the Dehumorizer. Right. And it was <laughs> yeah. uh, built with state-of-the-art Israeli technology <laughs> to take all the humor out of anything I'd ever done in comedy and just leave a, an offensive thing. And so I had to... I thought being a comedian would, would be helpful. I thought people liked comedy. I thought they that do. my career... Yeah. They but do. it... I had and to... Once I got it, to the Senate, having won by 312 votes, I wanted to show the people of Minnesota right. that I was serious, that I was going to be a workhorse. That's what I did. Yes. Next time I won by over 200,000 votes. Absolutely. And, uh... Absolutely. And... And when you and Gavin Newsom are the ticket for 2020 for president and vice president, I'm not saying which one, you're going to do even better. Al Franken, everybody! Al Franken! Yeah. Our... Gavin, we'll see you at dinner. Yeah. Let's meet our panel. Hi, everybody. Oh. Okay. I'm telling you. We got the ticket right here for 2020. All right, so here they are. He is California's lieutenant governor. He'll be running for governor of this state in 2018. I'm supporting him, Gavin Newsom. And she is a political analyst for Rasmussen Reports, one of our best and oldest, not oldest uh, in life, but, uh, you know, on the show, friends. Amy Holmes is here. Amy Holmes. Don't forget, forget to send us your questions for tonight's overtimes. We're going to answer them after the show uh, on YouTube. Okay, so there was international news uh, yesterday, and we're not going to address it. Uh, it was Barcelona. It was a terrible yeah. terrorist yeah. attack. Uh, Two. Yes. There was the second one. And uh, we are certainly thinking of the victims and everything there, but I just want to say uh, radical Islamic terrorists have had many a moment on this show. This week is about homegrown American terrorism. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. That's what we need yeah. to talk about. And yeah. I want to... Ivanka Trump tweeted, there should be no place in society for racism, white supremacy, and neo-Nazis. <laughs> but there is. The yeah. Republican Party. I'm sorry to say that, but... As I was saying to Al, Trump may come and go, but 67% of Republicans approved of his reaction to yeah. the events in Charlottesville. 68% uh, that said that when he blamed both sides, he was being accurate. I think that's way too high, and I know a lot about being way too high. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but hold on. Uh, NPR, PBS also did polling that found support for 
neo-Nazis, white supremacists, whatever you want to call them, the alt-right. I mean, these are the same people that beat up Geraldo all those years ago. Do you remember when they threw the chair at his face? They might wear white shirts and khakis, but they're the same old poison in a new bottle, the neo-Nazis. And NPR, PBS found that the support among Republicans and the general public was like single digits, 2%, 3%. They do not have the support of the American people. No, but this 67% approved of Trump's reaction to them. Yeah. So this is a little bit about the enabler thing again. Yeah, and I mean, look, and the symbols of that kind of racism and white supremacy are everywhere. There are over 100 public schools in this country venerating that, you know, the failed uh, leadership of military leaders of the Confederacy. There are 10 military bases, 80 cities and counties uh, that reference these same folks. And so these symbols of hate, not heritage, are everywhere. And until those issues are resolved and those symbols have disposed of, uh, we're not going to ultimately get to the place where we can kind of have the conversations or advance the conversations that ultimately will address these issues. What, what uh, responsibility... <laughs> You're someone who works uh, with Glenn Beck at The Blaze, mm-hmm. uh, and now Steve Bannon is going back to Breitbart, <laughs> so you know this world intimately. Well, well I knew Andrew Breitbart very well. He was I know. He friend. was on this show a lot. Absolutely. I... And he would have been appalled by the alt-right uh, co-opting the Breitbart platform. Andrew himself was Jewish. He had an adopted Asian sister. This was not at all in the tradition that uh, Andrew was trying to create. Okay, but I was going to ask about Fox News because I, I, I truly believe Fox News, uh, as much as we blame them all the time, <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, th- <laughs> <laughs> They are the Jurassic Park yeah. uh, that took the DNA of the Nazis and reanimated it. Uh, they, I, I absolutely believe that. I believe that without Fox News for years giving the, the kind of poison they give over their airwaves, putting it into people's heads, and then the Internet, I think, which, you know, people say they're radicalized on the Internet. And it gets weaponized. There are cha- you know, before, if you were a, a neo-Nazi, you know, unless you found somebody in your town at the coffee right. shop, now you can find them on the Internet. Right, sort of and like then a, the president right. gave permission to mm-hmm. them. So Fox News, mm-hmm. the Internet, Donald Trump, that's the perfect storm that has, uh, you know... Put something that we used to be mm-hmm. only, uh, I mean, a week ago, we were making fun of this, this rally. Right, we and called I, it Crackercella, and everybody was right. laughing about it. Right. And now, I don't know how many people are out there like this. Right. Well, I, you know, with, with the neo-Nazis finding one another on social media, communicating, organizing, it sort of reminds me of pedophiles, actually. That, you know, before social media, you had to, like, lurk in your basement and around, uh, you know, playgrounds, and now they can find each other online and try to create some political movement out of it and normalize it, uh, that social media really is magnifying this, which is why the president had a special responsibility to denounce it. And he had a special responsibility... He had a special responsibility as President of the United States to speak to the concerns and the values of his fellow Americans, which in vast numbers opposes this ugliness and this disgracefulness that we saw on the streets. I agreed that he needed to name it and shame it the way we do radical Islamic terrorism. And let's face it, if they had been marching down those streets with ISIS flags, I don't think we'd be having the same kind of conversation. (laughs) Of course not. And and Amy, I agree with everything you just said, but how does any of the, the fact that he didn't surprise anybody I mean, he ran. I mean, this is this is who Donald Trump is, and this is. I mean, for me, 
the reaction of people being appalled, including Senator Corker and others, is rather disingenuous. Did they not pay attention to this last election? Have they not paid attention to Donald Trump's entire career going back 44 years and discrimination lawsuits he was up against? Did they not pay attention uh, to what he said about but refugees yeah, being really animals? Strange, and really strange here is that Donald the... Trump did used to know these things. That he gave interviews where he did denounce David Duke. No, he then was bizarrely, said he forgot no, no, who no, he was. Well, that was yes. when he was running. Yeah, but I'm saying when on. he went into politics, yeah. that is when Briefly. he started to yeah. equivocate. And then no. the birth issues. Right. And, right. And, he's, and, he's been a racist his whole life. His whole I mean, life. I mean, it's his whole life. I can't it's, agree with that. I mean, but it's, well, I, mean, I mean, he's been involved in, in yeah, racially charged lawsuits, not Absolutely. just as it relates but, to housing but discrimination, but also in the casinos. And that's had a consistent narrative of being a bigot and a racist. Certainly, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you saw that National Review dedicated an entire uh, issue to trying to derail Donald Trump's candidacy. There are plenty of conservatives who were criticism, crit critical of him throughout the campaign. I think the surprise here was that the answer was so easy. And it would have been so politically beneficial to him. I mean, to you know, to try I, to say that there are fine people who march along neo-Nazis. I don't care if they were doing a march for tax cuts. You wouldn't stand next to them. That's ridiculous. And so I think for a lot of Republicans, well, politically, they that. say, but this would have been I, I, such yeah, if an I, if easy I could, call. If I could just such one more thing call. about Fox News, because <laughs> the Washington Post put up a really interesting video the other day, which showed the, the, the talking points that Trump said in his Tuesday press conference were the exact things that yeah, were right on. Sean Hannity. Not just Sean Hannity, but he watches Fox News yeah, all verbatim. the time. Verbatim. Almost verbatim. And, yeah. like, it, listen, over the last 20 years, I have encountered so many people, usually older people, older white men, who I thought were normal people. Yeah. And they suddenly were saying things at Hollywood cocktail parties yeah. like, Obama purposely ruined America. Purposely. I mean, the fact that he didn't ruin America, he actually saved it from a depression, forget it. But they, and, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> but I thought, oh, Fox got another one. And now, yeah. your crazy right-wing uncle who ruins Thanksgiving yeah. is the president. Yeah. He, I mean, Roger Ailes did not live to see the promised land. He's, he's like a douchebag Moses. He just <laughs> never, he never saw how powerful Fox News yeah. is, that this is all the president does all day is watch this shit right. and then parrot it. Yeah. But, but, Bill, I can tell you, having been on Fox News many times, uh, talking with different hosts who are critical of the president, guests who are consistently, Charles Krauthammer, you have, you know, folks on Fox and Friends, they have this conversation both on television and in the green room. Are there hosts that, uh, you know, seem to be defending Trump no matter what, no matter what he does? Yes, but there are plenty like Martha McCallum who don't. But no. it's not just Trump, it's points. It's the points they give him. Like, yeah. like, I mean, literally give him talking points. They gave him the talking right, points exactly. on the alt-left. All of a sudden, he starts parroting these things. He literally picked... So, I mean, Fox and Friends, please. I mean, of all places. I mean, that's the ultimate manifestation of Bill's point. Uh, so, no, it's become Russian television for right. the Trump administration. There's no damn difference. So, the question now... But a lot of people are asking, uh, I hear it all the time this week, is uh, should people around him quit? I mean, yeah. he's obviously shown his cards, and he's not just a racist adjacent, but he is this horrible person. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Because when it comes to, like, the generals, mm -hmm. no. Yeah, I'm I say, no. yeah, Mattis, keep the generals where they are, because if he does something super crazy, yeah. you're going to need those generals to get on the phone to the base commander and say, he's nuts, don't fire the missiles. <laughs> and they'll listen to a general.
And, and they've showed remarkable independence on the transgender ban. They showed remarkable independence on North Korea and all that. And you know, Charlottesville. And Charlottesville uh, itself. Yeah. So but, I give them a lot of... But it, when it comes to these advisory committees and when it comes to these photo op type committees, absolutely, if they have any dignity and self-respect, uh, they will resign. But I agree with you in terms of that framework, that foundation of the national security team, uh, those folks should stick around. But it's beyond me that Cohen and all these others are sticking around at this stage of this administration Look, going down with the ship. Beyond me. Yeah. Right. We, we need people, good, decent, uh, accomplished people serving in government. And yeah. it, it would not yeah. advance America's interest for the, the people that you just named uh, to resign. And I would also say we need them there to uh, hem in some of the president's uh, most destructive impulses. That's why I was so glad to see that Steve Bannon was out. When I saw that news when I landed in L.A. and I saw the Drudge headline, Bannon is out, I was like, Jesus, if I believed in you, I would praise you right now. <laughs> okay? Yeah. For getting rid of this guy that... You talked about him being an enabler. We had reporting from the New York Times that Steve Bannon was whispering in Donald Trump's ear about the response to Charlottesville. It was not only uh, bad politics, it was bad for our country. He then went on to say that he wants to continue having this sort of warfare. That is not appropriate advice to be giving the President of the United States. No. And, and when you look at this list, that. who have been shown the door, Bannon, Flynn, <laughs> Comey, Yates... Gorka, uh, if we can add those to the list, they Let's seem to be Respectfully. That's my worry, is that the people who replace these people yeah. are only Stephen Millers. I'm not only so sure. the people no, no, no. who... I'm not so sure about that because you have to remember who Donald Trump is now, who his chief of staff is now, and that's General Kelly. Okay, well, and uh, I've written about Mr. Kelly, General Kelly. He's actually apolitical. Oh, wow. uh, he's kept his refuses to say who he voted for in November, okay. which I think tells He's you He's had a rough couple weeks. All right, Jesus so I, I, I want to ask about these uh, statues, but first, uh, you know, when you look at these statues of Civil War generals mm -hmm. on the southern side, you, I always wonder, like, what happened to southern hospitality? Just the idea of, well, this offends some people, I won't do it. <laughs> uh, and, 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 the, and you serve them some sweet tea. Yeah, it's, it seems like the people who, you know, walk you by you these statues every day never ask themselves a simple mm -hmm. question, what does this mean to other people yeah. who are offended right. by that? So we thought we would come up with our own statues to show them a little <laughs> bit, to show these heritage people what it would be like if you had to walk by a statue you didn't like every day. So... Say they replaced the Robert E. Lee or the Stonewall Jackson with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem. How would, how would they like that one? Uh, then there could be the War on Christmas Memorial, where they're, <laughs> look, they're pulling down the Christmas. Uh, the evolution of Jesus would probably piss off. Uh, the Jamal Washington Monument would be very... <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> which in many cities would be across the park from the tribute to jungle fever. That, that would definitely piss them off. Uh, this is Trump surrounded by Russian hookers. You see, there, there they are, and just like many fountains with the beautiful... 
waterfalls. Uh, this commemorates a moment that made every racist shout never again, uh, magic dunking on bird. I, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Okay, and finally, I'm honored to be a part of this magnificent edifice carved into rock, along with Woody Harrelson, Snoop Dogg, and Willie Nelson. Mount Cushmore, everybody. <laughs> okay. All right, he's the star of uh, CW's Penn and Teller, Fool Us, and author of the bestseller, Presto, How I Made Over 100 Pounds Disappear and Other Magical Tales, Penn Gillette. There he is. Smelts. Smelt and running. <laughs> wow, you, you know you have lost a lot of weight. If you want a statue, win the goddamn war. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Point. Yeah, that's... I'm actually rather. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I'm rather glad they didn't. I don't know. No, as, me too. As a me black too. person. Also, yeah. when he says, does this lead to George Washington's statue being brought down? Yeah. Sure. Take them all down. I don't know why there should be statues of men on uh, public property. I mean, Jefferson was against that. We're not supposed to be kings and people we look up to. Let's all be equal. Wow. Tear them all down. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of them. <laughs> and if they, held, if they had slaves, he, tear down their, stay down their statues. I'm not, fine with that. Not even Gandhi, if we had a statue of no. him? Or... I'm okay with Gandhi and John Coltrane. <laughs> End of the list. He's from North Carolina. Okay. Why not? Well, that's you know what? You're you're a shy man. And, uh, <laughs> and I I've always been uh, fascinated by your politics. You know, I, I commend you because I know you didn't like Hillary Clinton. I did. You're you're a libertarian, but you voted for I did. her. I that's did. what a mature person does. <laughs> you know, I that a mature person. I... Learns the lesson that they taught me at the SATs. Choose the best answer. Yes. There is I... not a perfect answer. And I have said a million times, if you keep voting for the lesser of two evils, things just keep getting more evil. And I believe that very, very strongly. But when it finally came no. down to the actual moment, I know Donald Trump. And no. whatever you think about Donald Trump, no. he's worse than but that. But wait, you're... You're... <laughs> you're... You're actually wrong. Uh, when you vote for the lesser of two evils, things get less evil. Well, yeah, but in the long run, they get, they get more evil. But, you know, the, uh, okay. the thing that... The glad thing I, that glad really, I proved that point. Okay. The thing that really uh, struck me is listening to uh, Al Frank and listening to everybody out here. A year ago, I would have uh, had a zillion things to disagree with Al Franken about. Now that we're here in Trump, I don't think Al and I could talk for three hours before we got to one point we disagreed on? Is that It's right? changed everything. I went Are on you not a libertarian anymore? I am, but still, there's so many... There's a triage thing happening. Right. Trump is so terrible... He that we is. Don't get you know, Let's I was on uh, with... Uh, Glenn, you know, Glenn Beck's a buddy of mine. Yeah. And we always argue. I disagree with Glenn Beck on everything. Mm -hmm. After Trump was elected, I, I saw Glenn. I sat down with him and said, do we disagree with anything now? He said, no, we don't disagree on anything. <laughs> Trump is terrible. It's the end of the world. We're done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But, you know, as someone who uh, has been, I, I guess, in 1994 or something, I said something about libertarianism, and ever since, they've been, Bill, you're not a real libertarian. I'm like, you're right, I'm not a real libertarian. I believe in smoking pot, and that's about it. Uh, but you are a real libertarian. And I but, believe but, in not smoking pot, but I believe you should be able to. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Now that it's... Now that it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> he was I, out for it before Eddie Borough was cool. I, okay, I, he, he I believe, 
I am and gay only, marriage, too. I am the only person who has never, ever had a puff of marijuana who's been on the cover of High Times magazine. <laughs> that was true, because I was so, so in favor of it well, the whole time. That's because they're very high over there at High Times magazine. <laughs> they know the difference. They know what they're doing. But, uh, what, but libertarianism, mm -hmm. okay, my problem with it is uh, it goes too far. I know you, uh, you hosted the debate at the, I did. the 2016 I did. Libertarian Convention. Um, Look, I was against suing the tobacco company, so I go with you that far. Mm -hmm. Like, people have to be responsible. But when it comes to uh, lead in the water, mm -hmm. pesticides in the food, I mean, look look at all the weight you lost. Uh -huh. You probably ate good food. I, I did eat a lot okay, of Okay, well, without government help, you're not going to be able to even know what good well, food is. Liber libertarian... <laughs> libertarian is not a... Uh... Is not an anarchist. No, not against all government. I understand. I, uh, I think that it has to be done on a case-by-case -case basis. And I have one basic question I ask, which is any problem that you have, I like to ask the question, is there any way we can solve this with, less, with more freedom instead of less? And sometimes the answer is no. Okay. Sometimes the answer is no. And I also think when, as soon as you say you're a libertarian, the first thing they say is you want to get rid of all public schools and you want the, uh, no food being regulated whatsoever, no water being regulated. No, the first thing you want to get rid of is crony capitalism. The first thing you want to get rid of is those kinds of payoffs. The first thing you want to get rid of is the bloated government where people like Trump are finding ways to game the system. And once we get all of that out of the way, then we can discuss, is there a better way to maybe make the government a little leaner? That's but just, it's not that's, starting... That, that all sounds like common sense. Oh, right? yes. Yeah. Okay. But we're getting... A, you know, there's a lot... Uh, now I'm going to say something that you may actually hit me for. <laughs> There's a lot of good... He's not a violent guy. There's, a lot, violent guy. <laughs> There's a lot of good that's going to come out of Trump being president. One thing is we will rein in the power of the president. We have an absolute, full-blown, dangerous whack job, and now we're learning how to get, give less power. The other thing is we have now proven, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there's no Illuminati... There's no elders of Zion. There's no Area 51. Very true. Because if any of those so people true. were in charge, they would stop would this motherfucker. Right. right. That's so true. That's right. Where are right. the elders of Zion? Right. We want them here. Where's the trilateral exactly. connection? Yes. They're not there. I was sure that That's if you so... became president, yes. somebody would say, listen, Bill, you yeah. became president. <laughs> right. Here's what we're really going to do, or you're right. going to get an embolism in your sleep. Right. It's a simple thing. No, no. But now it turns that's... out if you've got to be president, there's nobody stopping you. Okay. And that's a good thing to find out. And that is a great thing to find out. Uh, <laughs> There's actual some freedom. Isn't that good? But Too bad I, we have to I, find I, it out this way. I mean, way. yes, I mean, I hope you're right We're about, you know, it. something good will come out of the Trump presidency. Well, I, and I, I hope it ends soon. And, uh, Gavin, you, you, we're talking about Russia. This is what all the liberals are hoping for, is that the Russia investigation is going to uh, be the thing that ousts this president. But you said uh, it's a loser as an issue. As an issue for the Democratic Party, look, and, and, and let me explain why. That bothers me. I, no, I, I, look, I think it's um, the issue of, of cyber security, the issue of uh, the sanctity of our elections. Uh, this is very serious, and this investigation is extraordinarily serious. And without the confidence of Mueller, uh, I have zero confidence that these five independent uh, committees in Congress would actually get the job done. So absolutely unequivocally, uh, we need to get to the bottom of it. What I was saying, and it's an important point, is if you game this thing out and you get rid of Trump, you're left with a problem, and that's Mike Pence. Uh, who actually can actually receive, uh, consult. Number two, even if 
This thing you goes can't nowhere. Really believe but hold that up. Mike Pence is as bad as Trump. Mike, I, well, you may, in, 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 from oh, a legislative from a from a legislative perspective of actually accomplishing so many of these quote unquote conservative goals and this, but, but but Bill, here's my bigger point. My bigger point is not that. We have to have absolute accountability on Russia. But the bigger point is, Democratic Party right now, we're in trouble. And with all due respect, being in opposition of Donald Trump and focusing on emollients and focusing on Russia may be important, but we also have to have a positive alternative agenda. Before the Russian issue, we lost close to 1,000 state legislative seats. We're now at the lowest point we've been since 2001. What's the positive Democratic agenda? What's the bottom-up agenda? You have 196 people suing Trump on emollients. That's great. But you only have 116 supporting Medicare for all. That's not so good. So we need an aggressive, positive alternative. So from a bottom-up perspective, a Democratic Party getting back to a majority and getting back on top, this can't consume us as profoundly significant, as important as it may be. Well. Gavin, I would have to agree with you. And, yeah, sure, uh, you're and, a Republican. No, if, if, he, if he persuades <laughs> the Democratic Party uh, that Republicans will be in trouble if the Democrats start well, focusing on economic issues, which was the number one issue. What at would the, the Republicans be saying if it was a Democrat in office mm -hmm. who would allow the Russians... You're right about into, that. You're right about that. Okay. Well, and no, so no, no, you're, so you're, but on. you're not wrong about that. But the, no, but hold the on fact that the Democrats right. have not been able to prosecute this case against a, a, a president who's friendly with Nazis and Russians... But hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me, let me okay. answer this. You asked, what would yeah. Republicans be doing? Well, uh, I remember when, back in the old politically incorrect days, we saw <laughs> what Republicans were doing. They were trying to impeach Bill Clinton. And what happened? They lost the majority, in, or they lost seats, rather, in the House. Newt Gingrich ceased being Speaker of the House. You're, it was... you're equating a blowjob no. with treason? No, no, no. No, hold on, let me finish, let me answer. What I am equating is that when one party goes down this obsessive partisan road... Goes down. It... <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Oh, boy. I get it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Very good. Finish your thought. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I see what you're doing. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. When they focus... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. on a narrow partisan issue that seems to be trying to overturn the results of an election that voters don't like it. And I don't think it's good for the Democrats yeah. to be doing it, and it certainly was well, not good it for Republicans. It depends on what the guy did. But, Bill, the point is, hold on. on. We have on. a special prosecutor. Yes. We have a grand jury that's being convened. We do have five, at least, they're all Republican-controlled, so that's why I don't have confidence. I'm just talking... The process what, is what underway. But that's the process. I'm talking about the political side. I'm talking about what the the, I said this last week. The Republicans wouldn't be waiting for what Robert Mueller says officially. They would be saying, well, we've got this guy is a traitor. He let okay, our, our lifelong <laughs> adversary into our system. And also, what's the plan? Yeah. What's the plan? It's, and it's an ongoing thing. What is the plan to stop it from happening? So what is the plan? You are right telling question. me you don't think the Democrats are talking about this? It's not, all they talk about. Oh, please. Maxine Waters is talking about impeachment not, constantly. They're not saying... Democrats who are trying to draft articles of impeachment. If they were talking about it the right way, they would be saying, oh, by the way, Trump and his son are traitors who are trying to take away your health care. I hear plenty of that from the Democratic side of the aisle.
We know that's true, but let's get the investigation and get the proof. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, also, we're seeing... Again, the... not what the Republicans would do. Yeah. Let's wait for the final vote to come in. No. But as... Is that what they did with Benghazi? But as a pastor... Let's wait for all the facts. No, they made it an issue for yeah. four but years, but and it was you, a non-issue. Are you, are you actually advising the Democratic Party to focus on this as their winning issue for the midterm in 2018? Absolutely. Because that, because there is no bigger people... issue than Russia... Russia coming into our election. I get it, but yeah, Bill. No, no, I, 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 I get. I get the it. difference it's, between well, the you can walk and chew gum. We can do both things. Look, I'll tell you. I just did two town halls this week. I've done a dozen of them. I've met with thousands of folks. God is my witness. Not one human being anywhere I've gone has asked me about this. You, you know, know what? what? But they're asking me. And that's about, the difference between well, Republicans maybe and Democrats. Democrats. It could be. Democrats follow the polls, maybe. and Republicans change them. I Republicans it. go, oh. Yeah. You thought John Kerry was a war hero because he was a hero in a war? Yeah. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Hey. Oh, you thought Russia was our enemy? No, they're our friend. They changed the... You're right about but their electoral strategy. if you were to actually strategies. look at You're the right polling right now, I'm sure Republicans would dream of trying to change the polling. I mean, their approvals are low, the president's approvals are low, Congress is even lower. I mean, I'm not sure where this magical power you're talking about that Republicans have, when they look at the polls, they actually see a big disaster in front of them. Somebody once said to Dick Cheney in an interview, uh, the Iraq war is not very popular, and he said, so? That's well, their that, attitude. Well, so that was his attitude gonna, toward governance. We're going to make hey, his decisions. And these guys know how to win at all costs. What you're suggesting is a separate issue, and I completely agree with it. These guys don't screw around. They know how to use money. They know how to use the media, as you pointed out. They know how to use gerrymandering. They know how to win at all costs. They're not about but, noble defeats. I agree with that. At the same time, it's an and, not an or. And I, I, dare, I, I promise you, if we exclusively focus on that, we're not in real trouble because the party's already in trouble not, not before this last election. But I'm talking to a guy who was for gay marriage and pot legalization yeah, before it was popular. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. No, so it is my gay lover, And I'm about accountability. And if there's any collusion, we got to hold them accountable. We've got to impeach them. And you got to lean in on that. You got to make sure this prosecution uh, goes forward but, and the grand jury is convened. And we got to make sure we get all the facts. I couldn't agree with you more. Could I just say that Mike, Mike Pence is not worse than Donald Trump? Well, Mike well, Pence is not a Russian spy. Also, Mike Pence doesn't poop tweet at three in the morning. He also knows. <laughs> He also knows a little bit more about how to do things. Yeah, and the right. only and good thing about Trump, as the, not, as the yeah, pathological optimist, the only good thing about Trump is he's getting really nothing done. That's it. He's it's saying horrible things and filling people with hate, but he's not getting much done. Uh, and that is actually... We have, well, that's if not, he knew what he was on, doing, it would on. be terrible. Hold on, that's not great news. That's <laughs> well, not great news. Great news and maybe when, was overstating it. Right. <laughs> when you have uh, Obamacare and, uh -huh. you know, running into trouble, it does need to be performed. Even Democrats agree with that. Mm -hmm. So it is not great news but, when we're not tackling the problems that are in front of us. And I think right. that's part of where, you know, but, Republicans and conservatives are with Donald Trump, whatever their disagreements, they don't think that, uh, you know, being frozen in place is great for the No, no, for the but American I was people. saying, I was saying for those who didn't agree with the Republicans, mm -hmm. it's great he's yeah. not getting something done. Like, so for what example... What I'm afraid about is that Pence I, might get things done. But we, we've yeah. lived through Mike Pence. It was called George Bush. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. It's not good, yeah. but... 
Right, it wasn't good. But if you <laughs> no. think it's the same, if you think it's the same as a completely insane narcissist who might fire it's nuclear different. weapons, we made it's a big different. It, I mean, this it's... is a guy who supports conversion therapy. He wants to pray away the gay. Oh, please. Like that's going to be a law. But I'm just Come saying, on. No, well, it could be. But let me compared take, to nuclear war. Let, let me let me let me challenge though another <laughs> paradigm here, which I think we have to be very careful that Trump hasn't been effective because we're not, I think, keeping our eye on the ball. What comes up in every town hall I talk about is the effectiveness of Jeff Sessions as it relates to reconstituting the war on drugs, an asset forfeiture seizures, uh, issues of the Department of Justice as it relates to voter suppression, the Texas ID laws, or voter purges as it relates to what's happening in Ohio. There's a lot of things well, happening. You, in well, I, I, I got it. I got it. Those aren't things that Pence would do. Those aren't things Pence would do. Very soon. You gotta be careful. All true. And the president is a Nazi. Anyway, time for new rules. <laughs> That's my fun. <laughs> all true, but the president's a Nazi. That's all I'm gonna do. All right. You've ever said that, and it's all probably right. true. All right. New rule white nationalists have to explain why their Tinder profile pictures look like this. <laughs> but when they show up, they look like this. <laughs> Neural, now that Amazon is pioneering Instant Pickup, a service that allows customers to go out and physically get the things they buy, uh, someone has to tell them that they just invented the store. <laughs> Neural, guys who figured out how to send women unsolicited dick pics using iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a lot of them, Amy? I'm oh, uh, using iPhone. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't think it was that big a deal, but okay, fine. Using I, Shut up, deal. everybody. I'm, this is my part of the show. Sorry. Go back to the beginning of this one. New rule, guys who figured out how to send women unsolicited dick pics fine. using iPhone's airdrop feature must tell us if that ever worked once. Then they must man up, buy a raincoat, and do it for real. <laughs> exactly. People flashing people. We are losing a sense of human contact. Not everything is taking place on a screen. Doesn't anyone have the balls to show their balls anymore? <laughs> New rule to raise money. America must hold a national lottery to see who gets to tell this asshole that he's about to go live with a whole bunch of black people. <laughs> New rule, remember to flush. This guy didn't after taking a dump at a home he burglarized. So police got a DNA sample, looked it up in the database, and then went to his house and arrested him. And he asked them, how'd you get me? Fingerprints? Security camera? And they, they told him, no, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> and finally, new rule, sometimes bipartisanship isn't the solution. It's the problem. You might be surprised at how many times the far left and the far right, otherwise known as the right, actually work together to make a problem worse. For example, they both resist globalization. The far left, because it can exploit workers. The far right, because their country music station switched to Mexican. <laughs> right and left have bonded in believing 9-11 was an inside job. 
Somehow a leftist like Oliver Stone and a wannabe dictator like Trump both think Putin is a great guy. And then there's something I like to call the bipartisan pro-fat movement. Despite the fact that obesity accounts for 18% of the deaths in America and a huge chunk of our health care bill, and is the main reason people wear sweatpants in public. <laughs> in I love sweatpants. I'm working now. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, everybody. Also makes it easy for dick pics. Done. Sweatpants make it easy. In liberal circles, the worst thing anyone can ever do is mention weight, because that's fat shaming. And to conservatives, any attempt to even offer guidelines about what to eat, well, that smells like social engineering, as opposed to freedom, which smells like bacon. <laughs> now, you remember the right was infuriated back when First Lady Michelle Obama was trying to impose her radical Black Panther agenda of <laughs> encouraging kids to eat healthy. Sarah Palin went so far as to defiantly show up at a school with plates of sugar cookies. That'll teach you kids to eat a carrot. <laughs> How did vegetables get to be un-American? Okay, super patriots, eat what you want, but let's, let's get real. These colors don't run because these colors can't run. <laughs> but the rotund right is not alone in promoting tolerance of a national health crisis. Back when they both had jobs, Steve Bannon was asked why Sean Spicer was spending less time in front of the camera, and he joked, oh, well, Sean got fatter. Okay, not the greatest joke ever, but a joke. Not... <laughs> not to Chelsea Clinton, it wasn't. She tweeted, fat shaming isn't a joke I find funny ever. Oh, Christ, even your mom knew when to fake a laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but pretending everyone is beautiful at any size is not helping them, it's enabling them. But among the shaming police, the most important message you can ever send an obese person is that your body is perfect just the way it is, prone on a gurney. You know I'm right, fuckers. You see, you see headlines on liberal websites like body positivity has no size limit. Really? No limit at all? There's no middle ground between shaming and shamu? <laughs> but wait, it gets worse. Not only are left and right united on what goes in your mouth, they've also declared open season on the words that come out of it. Free speech is under attack from both sides. You have Trump, who says fake news so many times a day, it's like he has totalitarian Tourette's. <laughs> a president, an American president, calling the fourth estate the enemy. He's also called them scum, disgusting, really bad people. And he wants to change libel laws so he can go after people who insult him and, in his words, sue them and win lots of money. He tried it with me four years ago to the tune of $5 million simply because I demanded he produce, you remember this, his birth certificate and prove he wasn't part orange-haired orangutan. I mean... Hey. 
A lot of people were saying it. A lot of people were saying it. <laughs> and then there's what's going on on the left. Oh, we have our own anti-free speech brigade, which you might know by their other name, college. <laughs> where the most popular major these days is outrage, with a minor in canceling speaking engagements. Berkeley was the home of the free speech movement. Now it's enforcing speaking bans. That's like the Catholic Church enforcing an age of consent. <laughs> so there you have it. Next time someone pines for bipartisanship, just remember, when people of goodwill come together across the aisle, we can fuck up anything. <laughs> All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Mirage in Vegas September 8th and 9th. I want to thank Gavin Newsom, Amy Holmes, Ben Gillette, and Al Franken. Join us now on Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.